This is RC, and I bring to you IBN's WrestleMania preview. WrestleMania season is upon us, and this is WrestleMania 35, and I am joined for the first time by a very special guest. I met him in the Ringer Facebook group, Keith Fleming. What's up, RC? Hey, Keith. You doing all right? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. All right, so we got a pretty good card. Uh, before we go deep into the card, give me an overview of what you thought or what you think about the build-up to WrestleMania. Uh, overall, honestly, I've been pretty yep. disappointed. Uh, I don't know if it's because of the size of the card or just all the time they have to fill, but it just seems like some of the, the matches, they've, they've done a good build, and then so many of them, there's, there's basically been no build whatsoever. And I, I just I don't understand what the thought process, because there is some really good matches. And basically today, uh, for the guys that are listening, or, or gals, let's not be sexist, but for <sighs> guys and gals that are listening, we're going to talk a little bit about the buildup. We're going to say what we think should happen, how we will book it, and then what we think the result will be or what we think Vince will actually do. So we're not okay. going to cover the, the battle royals because those are just kind of clusterfuck. Can I ask you I one thing, though? Not to... Go ahead. No, no, no. The Go one... ahead. The one thing that I do want to talk about real quick is just what the hell are they doing with Braun Strowman? Like, why is this guy in the the battle royal? I mean, he was as hot as could be just six months ago. Like, he did something, right? Like, he's in the doghouse. Has to be. Who knows with Vince? Vince, I was listening to a podcast. Well, I don't even know if it was a podcast, but it was a, a video thing with Jericho, and I forget to give credit to the the thing. And Jericho probably gave like a 30-minute, 45-minute interview and Vince, he said that after his match with Kevin Owens at WrestleMania a few years ago, Vince was just mad and trashing Kevin Owens, saying he's fat and he never would be anything. And Jericho's like, that's the Vince treatment. He just falls off of you. Like in 99, Jericho's hot. And Vince is like, you're trash. You're not worth the contract. Vince just, you just fall out of favor with Vince. So who, if he did something specific, but with Vince, who knows? But that is something that, uh, that bothers me because Strowman, I didn't believe in him. But then they pushed him so hard, and he was super over. And I guess the the, the inflection point was when they didn't let him beat Lesnar. It was after and that, they turned him heel for no reason. That was that was stupid. He was white hot, and they turned him heel for a stupid six man tag match in Saudi Arabia. That I mean, that's it was a really bad decision. And he could have been the star that they're looking for. He could have been what they wanted Roman Reigns to be. Absolutely. But yeah, I don't understand. Two years in a row, he's been a joke. You know, he he had the the Nicholas little kid last year, and this year he's dealing with guys from SNL, and he's he's better than that, and he he deserves better. Yeah, I don't I don't understand what they're trying to do with him. I thought the same thing. It's like, why are you doing this little sideshow crap with him? Like, uh, yeah, I don't understand that. Maybe he'll win the battle royal, and they'll get him back on the on the right track. Uh, Let's start out with the, I guess what the fatal four way. From SmackDown, the Usos defending the title with Ricochet, Alistair Black, the ba- Ricochet and Alistair Black, the Bar and Rusev and Nakamura. Uh, before you start, let's just talk about these Fatal Four Ways in general. They're gonna have one with uh, the ladies as well for the tag team titles. I think I think that's all. But they have those, and some of these things I think that messes up the card is that. They want to give as many people the chance as possible to get the WrestleMania bonus and just to be on the card, but I think it hurts the storytelling. 
Oh, absolutely. It uh, it becomes, uh, you know, kind of a mess. And you have, I mean, like, for instance, in this match, the Usos versus Ricochet and Aleister Black would be an amazing matchup by itself. And no offense to the bar and Rusev Nakamura, but they're just not hot right now. And I, I don't understand why they're in the match. It's And especially, you know, a lot of these are not going to get a lot of time because you got 40,000, you know, matches on this card. And I just, I really wish they made this a one-on-one match with the talent that's in it. Because the Usos, in my opinion, are one of the greatest tag teams ever. Not just right now, but ever. And Ricochet and Aleister Black are are just extremely talented dudes. As far as the build-up goes, the only thing I really see as build-up is just that they've highlighted Aleister Black and Ricochet on both shows for, what, the last month, month and a half. That's really the only bit I see because these guys have been in gauntlet matches and they've been fucking with uh, Kofi <sighs> Kingston. We can curse if you want to curse. They've been fucking with Kofi Kingston a little bit in gauntlet matches. Then they were in a gauntlet match to stop uh, to stop the New Day from getting Kofi the thing. So I haven't thought much of the buildup other than they've given uh, Alistair and Ricochet a platform. Which I can't understand, but the Usos are too good not to have them involved, you know, more in this storyline. And it's it's pretty disappointing when you have a great tag team like this. They're the champions, and basically you don't use them. Yeah, I agree. How would you book it? If you were in control, if you were Vince, what would you do? Well, I would have just made it the Usos versus Aleister Black and Ricochet. I would have made it that the Usos are one of the, you know, the best tag teams in recent memory. I believe they're up to six or seven time tag team champions. And maybe they either disrespect or don't think uh, Aleister Black and Ricochet deserve their spots and where they're at. And you make it kind of the old guard versus the new guard with the belts on the line. It's, it's one of those stories that kind of writes itself. Well, for one thing, I guess on the, uh, yeah, I think that, you bring a good point. I hadn't thought of it, but you could do that match. I don't know if you could squeeze another match on, or you could just get it on a pre-show or whatever, but Rusev and Nakamura are too good. They just, they, I feel like they just got lost in the shuffle, but they're too good not to have matches at WrestleMania, both. Uh, so their pushes have kind of, uh, I don't even know what happened to Mark Nakamura, but I'm not sure it was his fault. They just kind of floundered with him. Rusev is good enough. Sometimes they push him, sometimes they don't. But yeah, I would like that singles match. Not singles match, but there was uh, individual teams against each other. And I guess I would do that, and I would find a way to get Rusev and uh, Nakamura on the crowd and on there. I guess maybe the Andre the Giant battle Royal, but I would try something to get them on the card. So who do you think is going to actually win? I think that they're going to give the titles to, to Black and Ricochet and uh I think that's probably the right uh, booking decision for what they're trying to do. Uh, But I would personally pick the Usos, but I see Black and Ricochet winning. That gives them something to do because WWE has consistently screwed up these guys coming up from NXT by not giving them enough to do. Look at Nakamura and, I mean, Asuka, the list goes on and on. These people are like white hot, and then they blow it when they get, you know, pulled up. So hopefully they give them the belts, give them a three, four-month run, and I would have Aleister Black turn hill on Ricochet. They explode. And, you know, then you at least have something for them to do for their first three to six months. And then they can go from there. Yeah, I tend to agree. I'm not as, I'm not as interested in this match because these four ways, they just 
throw everything. We know we almost know exactly. If I really sat down, I could tell you the exact spots they're going to do in this match. So, you know, it, it just is what it is. I think if they put a little ladder mat, a ladder in there, then maybe. I guess that sounds like money in the bank too much, but that would be interesting. If they oh, no, with these guys, that would be great. With, with, yeah, with the so talent it would be here. fun. You got to put a twist on it if you're going to do that. There's got to be something new or innovative you do with the four ways. Something. Maybe it's four. Maybe, well, elimination matches will take too long. Maybe it's a gauntlet. I don't know, but it's too much for me. But uh, we're spending more time on this than probably the actual <laughs> match would be. Exactly. Uh, let, let's move to Kurt Angle and Bear Corbin. I liked what they did, at least the concept and theory of Kurt Angle having a, a farewell tour on SmackDown and Raw. The execution is meh, but uh, <laughs> I, I like the concept of what they're doing with Kurt Angle uh, and his farewell tour. What do you think? I. I agree with you to a point that the only thing that I'm kind of disappointed is WWE has recently and done successfully. They've just taken successful storylines from the past and used them again. And I, I don't understand why they basically didn't carbon copy Kurt Angle with the Ric Flair storyline from, you know, WrestleMania. I think it was 24 where basically with his history with Stephanie and Triple H, you have one of them basically say the next match you lose, you're done. So where it's not angled that is, you know, necessarily trying to retire, it's it's the corporation telling, you know, forcing him to. You have him win a bunch of matches because he's been wrestling on almost every Raw and some SmackDown since then. And then you obviously would have to have somebody other than Baron Borbin, uh, you know, being the guy <laughs> to, to fight him. I don't get it. I mean, I know he, he, he garners a lot of heat and he deserves credit for that, but I don't like him very much. I personally think this is going to be a swerve. Cena's going to take out Corbin. Uh, he's going to put himself in the match, and you're going to have a full circle of, you know, Angle's first match was – or, excuse me, Cena's first match in WWE was against Angle. Angle won a close match. I think Angle's last match in the WWE is going to be against Cena, and Cena beats him in a close match. And he has somebody historic beating him in his final match. And guys always go out on their back. So whoever Angle ends up fighting in this match, I see him losing. Uh, I take it the other way. I think that they'll just give him a send-off. I'm not sure what Corbin gets out of it. I think he's even beat Kurt already. I don't see what Corbin gets out of it. I would have booked it kind of like you did once you said that. Give Kurt Angle some kind of challenge and kind of like they did Ric Flair. Give him a challenge. Make it more than just him going away. Or you just get him a better opponent. I don't think Corbin deserves the push that he's gotten. I know you said that he gets a reaction out of the crowd. But I truly feel like his reaction is X-Pac heat. It's like they just want him to go away. <laughs> he sucks. But maybe the little fans, the younger fans. But I've never seen anything in Corbin. I agree. The Raw where he was fired was one of the most electric crowds I've ever seen for really a stupid storyline. And as you're saying, it just shows how much the fans hate him, uh, which, you know, there's a difference between wrestling hate and hate, and it appears that most people just want him to go away. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely that. Uh, so I, so we disagreed. I think uh, I think Angle's going to find a way to win. It would be cool if they had a way for Cena to win. Or they just could have said, well, I don't know what Cena's schedule is to do all that, but it would be nice if he had just fought John Cena. But uh, now we got – I'm more interested in this match than I think most people are 
because this is the women's tag title match. Boston Hug Connection, the iconic Beth Phoenix and Natalia versus, oh, also with Nina Jackson, Tamina. I, I am more interested in this match because I think the Iconics have really hit their stride. I like Nia Jax. I, I'm higher on her than most. Tamina is what she is. Uh, I'm not that fond of Beth and Natalia. I like that the Beth came back, but I'm not sure about them as a team. But I'm more excited because I really think the Boston Hug is what it is. But I think the Iconics have come into their own. What do you think about the build? Uh, it's it's a similar deal to what we were just talking about with these fatal four ways. It it's kind of a mess. Uh, and again, I would have rather had uh, Boston Hug taking on any of these teams, and you know a one on one tag team match because the Iconics are very good heels. You know Beth and Natalia again. You could have the old guard versus the new. I'm kind of would you hear that? I actually think Nia Jackson. Uh, you know Tamina should be built better than they are. Nia is just a beast. I mean, she's so yes, talented she for her size. I love what they did in the Rumble, having her in it. Uh, she has the heat from the Becky Lynch situation. And then they just dropped that for some reason. Completely botched it. They dropped the man thing. She came out, not the man, Becky Lynch, but fighting the men in the Royal Rumble. The next night, she went after uh, Ambrose. And so that could have been a thing. And maybe she fights a man at WrestleMania, but they totally dropped that. They totally dropped, uh, other than the Royal Rumble, the payoff for Becky and and Nia. Like maybe she could have tried to get Becky's spot. Anything's better than this crap they've done, but we're not there yet. Anything is better than this crap they've done for the women's title match. But let, I, I interrupted you. Go ahead and finish your thought. No, you're good. I, I just uh, completely agree with you. And I think that, you know, it's also a disservice to Sasha and Bailey. They're good enough to where they deserve their own one-on-one tag team match. They worked this hard to get a tag team title, you know, in the women's division, and then they reward them with these, you know, four team matches, and it's it's just a mess. You can't have a good storyline with four teams or four individuals in it. And the thing is, Beth is coming out of retirement, so I'm not sure. I mean, I feel like a lot of times they put these people in there for monetary reasons for them and because they deserve to be at WrestleMania. Natalia's work, I mean, I know her dad died, but her work has not been uh, on that level. If anything, the uh, Riot Squad deserves to be in there before Natty. They kind of carried that feud and doesn't look like they'll be in anything other than the Battle Royal. But if I was going to put anybody in there, I would put the Riot Squad in over those guys. So I'm not sure Natty and certainly Beth Phoenix, one of my favorite women's wrestlers, even deserve to be in there. Iconics have done work. Nia, Nia and uh, Tamina have done work, but they, we've seen it. So, you know, I don't know. But how do you think it goes down? I think Sasha and Bailey are going to win. And, and the main reason I say that is just because I think they're going to do the, the Benoit and Eddie Guerrero, you know, finish. I'm not sure how they're going to get Charlotte into it, though, where all four horsewomen are in the ring, celebrated in front of a big crowd with it being, you know, the last, are the first women's match to main event a WrestleMania, and in order to get there, Sasha and Bailey have to win. You, 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 uh, you guys that are hardcore and like NXT and the Indies, y'all just pray for the four horsewoman thing to come back, don't y'all? I, dude, I, I think they're gonna do it. I think it's lame because it was <laughs> really about special this what they did. Oh no, absolutely! I think what they did with Guerrero and Benoit was special because it was a one-time deal. Cool. 
But you know what? You know how WWE works, where they'll take something cool, try to copy it, and mm-hmm. a lot of times it ends up falling flat. And I'm very—I really do believe they're going to do it. I have no idea how they're going to do it with Charlotte, with it being all the belts on the line. But that's where we're going. If I was booking it, I would have Nia and Tamina win. They are a dominating tag team. You're trying to establish tag team belts, and no offense to Sasha and Bailey. I just don't think they're very credible. Sasha is so small, very talented, but so small. Bailey, same situation. And I just can't believe that Nia and Tamina would not, you know, beat them in a basically a four-minute match. Yeah. And those matches are clumsy. Well, not clumsy, but they're hard to believe when they fight, uh, when those two teams fight each other. So I guess that's why the other teams will be in there. And basically, I, I expect to see Beth Phoenix, like that spot she did Monday night where she took her through the, she speared her, clotheslined her through the, they're not guardrails anymore, but like the, the little thing around the ring. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I could see that. I think they're going to let Bailey and Sasha win because they're the fan favorites. They're the baby faces. And they're probably over. They're really over of all those teams they have in there and all the people that are in the women's division. I mean, you got them. Obviously, you got Becky and you got Charlotte. But they're probably, like, in the top five as far as being over. So, I think I, uh, I think that they're going to win. I think we, get, we agree on that. Let's go to – Do you think that uh, Beth Phoenix could slam uh, Nia? Like, do you think that's yeah, a possibility? <laughs> with a little help. Yeah, I think, I think that's going to be one of the spots. That's a good one. I mean, Beth's always been strong. She seems to be in good shape. I don't think she's as big as uh, she was, obviously. But I also think it's very possible they might go to the Performance Center and work this out. So that's the best spot you could have in that match. I'd love to see it. Yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. I hadn't thought about it. But, yeah, that's a good one. Or at the very least, maybe she – depends on how it is, because sometimes it's easier to get up under them and do a Samoan drop than it is to actually slam because you have the person on your shoulders, you know. But yep. uh, we'll see. Something like that is going to go down. I, I'm, I think so. Maybe if they really can't do it, she gets Tamina. So, but I, I think they'll do it. But uh, underwhelming match to some degree. I thought it was very interesting. Everybody likes Samoa Joe getting the U.S. title, but he's facing Ray. Actually, I didn't see the last thing. Did Samoa attack uh, Dominic yet, or has that? What's going on? The last thing with that, the go home shows. Did they, was there any interaction with Ray and Samoa? Not really, and I, I'm to the point where I'm so disappointed with you know what's doing with Samoa Joe. I think he should be the best heel on the roster. He is, you know, got a great look. He's great in the ring. He's so good on the mic. And yeah, yeah. no offense, but this is this is a joke. Rey Mysterio, like, if this is not a squash match, which I hope what they're doing to build up his credibility, this is a waste of his time and a really talented person on the roster. I don't get it. Why Why is Dominic showing up if he's not going to get the crap beat out of him? Like, I don't understand. First of all, he's a lot bigger than his dad, so that's not a great look. But why is he on there if he's not there to get the shit beat out of him? Or at least smacked around to provoke him. Like, I don't understand. Like, I just assumed that was going to happen. And you say it hasn't. Exactly. So let's get over that. Let's get off that one. Yeah, Joe deserves a lot better. So you're predicting Joe to win? Absolutely. Hopefully in a squash. Yeah. I mean, I hate to see. I'm a Ray sentimental. But oh, no, yeah, Ray's it, awesome, it, but he's old and, you know, I mean, this is it, Samoa it Joe. Dude. I mean, yeah, you're right. It should be quick. All right. Another, uh, this one, I think, maybe the weakest buildup. 
And that's counting the four ways that haven't given you a lot of buildup. But at least they've been fighting each other. You have the U.S. title, not the U.S., the IC title match between Finn, Finn Balor, and I guess he's going to come out the demon gimmick, versus Bobby Lashley. And for me, they've had – how long have they been doing this? I feel they're like they've been doing three months. They even repeated the uh, Leo Rush and Bobby uh, handicap match that uh, Finn, Finn won it with at the pay-per-view. And now at on Raw they repeated it so he could get another shot. And now he's gonna fight Lashley again. Like, why are we doing this? <laughs> and again, you got two really talented guys. I thought Lashley, for the first time ever, had really connected with the fans as a heel with Leo yeah, yeah. as his mouthpiece. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he has a great look. He's a, I mean, he is such a big dude. And I love Finn Balor, but that whole thing Monday night with the tongue sticking out was corny and just, it was lame. Uh, And I'm really disappointed they let you know beforehand that he was going to be the demon for this match because that basically tells you the ending. I'm pretty sure he's never lost with the demon makeup on. Uh, So they kind of just spoiled basically the match by having him come out and, you know, he's supposed to be an intimidating figure when he's a demon. And when he's sticking out his mouth and making whatever noises he was making, I don't know what the hell he was doing. Uh, It just, it's kind of corny. See, I don't, I don't watch NXT. I have my reasons for it. The guys, you'll see that the guys in the group that are hardcore people, they love NXT. We can have this debate later, but I think there are functional problems and people that love NXT don't, appreciate the differences between the main roster and NXT. So people will be like, oh, in NXT, they were, I don't give an F about <clears> NXT. But, I mean, it's a breeding ground, and that's great. But but my point is, what do you, I think it's you too, I'm going to guess, are you high on Finn Balor? And if you are, what do you see in him? I think he's very talented in the ring. He's a great in-ring performer. I think he's actually very good on the mic not when they use him as a demon, but just his normal self. And, you know, my wife thinks he is smoking hot. So (laughs) I would assume that most women are attracted uh, to Finn Balor. And, you know, that always helps. It's got a lot to do with Roman Reigns, I think, and why they push him. He obviously has the issue that he is undersized, but, you know, so is Shawn Michaels. And he reminds me a lot in the ring of somebody like Shawn. He does a little bit more in-the-air stuff than he does, but they've just – it's, it's, again, this case of a guy was built up, you know, and unfortunately the injury happened, but they built him to the moon. He won the title, like, in his first month, beat Roman Reigns, which, you know, that's huge in WWE for the title clean. Then he beat Seth Rollins. That's big. And then once he got hurt, they have – I don't even think he – Excuse me, he did get the title fight against Lesnar, but they just they haven't used him correctly. And I think if they did, the guy's great. Uh, I like the demon thing when they do it not very often and they don't let you know uh, when they're going to do it. But, again, it was it was kind of corny the way they had him portrayed on Monday night. I wasn't a big fan of that. I could do a whole podcast with you and all these other people in the group that uh, have a love for Finn Balor, but we got a large card to get through. <laughs> but uh, And I would not, if we had more time, it wasn't my fir- first podcast, I would not let you get away with that Finn Balor, uh, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> but we're going to move got on. It, man. We're going to move on. <laughs> All right. This match, for some reason, 
I'm most excited about this match. And I don't know why. I think I don't read the dirt sheets like I used to, so I didn't know Batista was coming back. I don't know if the dirt sheet said it or not. But I really enjoy the fact that Batista's coming back, I've, or is back. I forgot how much I liked him. Uh, they've kind of fucked up the build a little bit. The Ric Flair thing was perfect. I didn't see it coming. And uh, it was just a great way they did it. The second time, I thought they just really fucked up that part. That, uh, give me what I want. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. There was no logic to that. And I really think what they should have done is Triple H basically saying, I'm a businessman now. Or somehow Triple H resisting it. Like him not wanting to do it. I don't know how you would pull that off. But somehow... Or maybe he, maybe Batista doesn't want to fight him, or he just wants to keep playing mind games with him. And he attacks Stephanie, and he attacks Vince, he attacks whoever. He goes to the house and messes with the daggone kids. They could have made it really personal. Brian Pillman angle. Yeah, yeah. And then Batista could have been without the gun because Brian's a little crazy. <laughs> but maybe he goes to the playground or something. But they could have pushed it. They could have made it real personal. But all they did was say on one side, and the SmackDown setup was great too. Months ago, when he says you beat everybody besides me, oh, it was fantastic. It's a personal thing, you know. Or Triple H could call out Batista and say, "I've never beat you, and you're soft, and you're this Hollywood guy." Like, there's so much they could have done with it, but Batista, the beginning and the end, the bookends for this thing were really great. Batista goes in the ring, he says, "Kiss my ass," and it was just <sighs> the, the most simple, but yet one of the best promos I've ever seen. I, you know, I, I disagree with you here a little bit because I think this has been one of the better builds uh, from start to finish. I love it when they lay, you know, little seeds of something that's going to happen. I know you were, were big on that too, but that was such a great thing when they did the evolution and, you know, everybody's bragging on each other. And then the, the look on Batista's face when he said, you've done everything in this business except beat me. Uh, it not only stands to how good Batista got on the mic at the end of his last run, but just how good of an actor the dude is, which has just blown me away. And I am very excited about this. I thought that the promo at the end uh, of Raw was just excellent. That should have been the last thing to end Raw. Uh, the problem I have with this match is in typical WWE fashion – like, why the hell is Batista the heel when he's going to get cheered? You know that. He got cheered after that promo Monday. And Triple H, who's been a dick to all the good guys for the last, what, six months, and he's yeah. supposedly the face. I, I don't understand that. Uh, well, the Ric Flair thing kind of made it like that. After Ric Flair, you kind of had to make him the, I don't know. I mean, they've done worse with with the supposed face or whatever. Or they could have just made them both tweeners. But after the Ric Flair thing, I think that's what took them in the heel direction. Exactly. I don't like, too, the, the stipulation, unless I actually think there is a chance that Triple H loses. Uh, they, you know, allow him to transition to behind the camera. It'll give him time to go away. And it's it's wrestling. So it's not like he can't come back. And it would be very heel of him to do to get beat and then just be like, screw you, I'm Triple H, I married <laughs> Stephanie, you know, I'm supposed to be retired, but F that, I'm coming back, and you could see him at, like, SummerSlam, and it would actually help the story. Yeah. But what's the point of him wrestling at this point anyway? He does these WrestleMania matches that are interesting. If he does a young talent like Rollins, or who else did he fight? Ha, ah, he fought Rollins he fought last Rain. year. Yeah, he, he fought Reigns. Who did he fight last year? 
God, who did he fight? But last there's a streak year? of young guys that he just puts over, and you know he's gonna put them over. He's had a streak of that. He ripped off Sting, which wasn't right. But in general, over the last few years, he's put over since he's been like semi-retired. He's just put over the young talent. This is a little bit different. It's an attraction match. I hope Batista wins, but I could see them being, you know, he, he's been trained. He's been around Vince. So Vince wants to always prove he's superior. And so since Triple H won the job three times, I could see them doing that. And also when The Rock had lost to uh, Stone Cold like twice at WrestleMania, they let him, they sent him yeah. off right. And actually, I'm sorry, I just looked it up. I can't believe we forgot this. That, it was Triple H and Stephanie last year versus Kurt and Ronda, which was oh, the yeah. most surprising match on the card. Yep. Yeah, that was a big one. They put over, um, and they put over Rousey, basically. So Triple yep. H has been willing to be the job to the stars. So, but it's interesting. But with being a movie star, like, does he come back and to job? I mean, does he agree already and say, hey, I'm not coming back unless I go over? I think it's more of a deal that WWE wants to use Batista. He's, you know, becoming more famous. You got the Avengers, yeah, you know, movie anymore. coming out. They're going to they're gonna want to – that's why I think there's a good chance he wins is they want to get the pub. And, you know, you're not going to get a lot of press if Batista gets pinned by Triple H at WrestleMania. Yeah. If he wins and, so and retires Triple H, you're yeah. going to get a lot of press. What's Batista's motivation for coming back when he's literally becoming a movie star, a big-time movie star? He's going to start getting uh, roles. Uh, he's got that role that's almost like the uh, the role the Rock had in Tooth Fairy and the one he had about football yep. or whatever. He's like recreating the career. Well, I feel like the Rock recreated the career of Vin Diesel, and now uh, Batista. Well, oh, I've never thought about career. that. I like that. Career is that why they like hate the each other? <laughs> What'd you say? I said, is that why Vin and uh, Rock maybe apparently maybe, hate but, each other? Uh, I never thought about Vin that. Vin had a movie called The Pacifier, and it was around little kids. The Rock had something. I think it was a game plan, and he had Tooth Fairy. Now uh, he's going to be a spy. It's like this is what you do for these big guys that are action guys. You make them relatable. Then you put them in more active roles. But, yeah, I, I can see Batista. Like, why would Batista come back to job to Triple H? Like, <laughs> you know, why would he? Doesn't he doesn't need, like, Other he doesn't than him being it. Triple H, you know what I mean? And I, yeah. I do think that, you know, old Triple H, the shovel stuff was – you know, valid, but he really has, if you look over the last, like, six, seven WrestleManias, he's on his back for almost all of them. Yeah, he is. All right, now this one, uh, I'll let you take the build. AJ Styles and Randy Orton. Again, I I just don't get what they're doing with a lot of these storylines. These are, this is, this should be a big matchup, and it doesn't feel like it. I think, again, you could go with a simple buildup of just, Randy Orton's a lifetime WWE guy. He's done it all. I think he's like a 13-time champion. And he could just say AJ Styles is, you know, an indie smaller promotion guy. And he doesn't believe that, you know, he's good enough or big enough to be on this stage. And Randy Orton is best when he's being, a, you know, a jerk. That's, that's the best. The arrogant hill is the best Randy Orton hill. And they've kind of done this, you know, tick for tack. One guy get over, then the next on the next show. And I guess that sometimes works, but I just think there was so much more they could do with the storyline. But I am very excited about these this match because Randy Orton with the right opponent can really go. And AJ Styles, I think, is the best in-ring performer in WWE right now. I was surprised by how far they went with the indie thing. There was even a TNA reference. I liked the first promo they had. Randy, I mean, I feel like the build has been solid. 
it is what it is for these two guys. They found an interesting reason for them to go at each other. I think they pushed it really hard when they did. They both went on the Kevin Owens show. They pushed it really mm-hmm. hard. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. You never know what you're going to get out of Randy. I feel like Randy's been coasting. He needs another – I don't know how you feel about it. He needs another gimmick change because I feel like he's just stale at this point. He was great when he – my two favorite Randy Ortons were the legend killer, and then the second best was when he was the corporate champion. He was he was great in that role, and I felt like they went away from it a little too early. Uh, but I completely agree with – he needs something to do. He's, he's too big of a name. He is just, to me, one of the, the best – you know, physical specimens basically in wrestling. I mean, you see him against these other guys, and that's when you realize, damn, Randy Orton's big. Uh, yeah, and yeah. They, they just have not used him, and he has the best move, you know, basically since the Sunner because the RKO, when it comes out of nowhere, is fantastic. Uh, and I just – I don't really get it. Uh, I have a feeling they're going to let Randy Orton win this one. I could see this being one of those WrestleManias where – you know, Orton wins WrestleMania, and then AJ Styles will win either at the next pay-per-view or maybe it even gets dragged out to, to SummerSlam. But I'm actually excited if they give these guys some time that they can put on a really good match. This is one of those where they're too big to not have solo matches, so they kind of throw them together. They've got a chance. And, and so much of WrestleMania, too, is about pacing of the card. So if you put this after a match that tears the house down, the crowd's going to be dead. If you put it right after a dead match, the crowd's going to pop. And I'm sure there's going to be a really cool RKO spot. They already showed you the RKO off of the the phenomenal forearm. So, I mean, we might see that again, but that's not going to be the high spot of the match. There's going to be some RKO high spot. There's going to be some kind of crazy AJ high spot. I mean, high spot, and they're going to try to steal the show. I agree but I don't know if they'll actually accomplish that, but <laughs> they're going to try it. And, and like, I, another thing they've lost, Vince came out first time he's on SmackDown since they started the new thing with the McMahons being all over the, the show, and he's talking about the real AJ Styles, and he smacks him, and the next week AJ attacks whoever it was, and then it just goes away. Like the typical WWE, man. They just drop it. I agree. They can't. They cannot stick with a storyline. I don't know if they have so many writers, or if you have like Vince and Triple H, or both, you know, running one show and then the next the other. But it's insane how many times they'll start something interesting, and then you just don't ever hear anything else about it. And I was actually interested. I thought they might have been turning AJ Styles heel. It's not a like, yeah. He could be a good heel character, and I, you know, he's starting to get a little stale. It's just. AJ Styles the face because I mean we're going on what two and a half three years of it he's had a a super long title run look what it did for Daniel Bryan turning him heel I think you can get the same type deal with AJ Styles and then AJ too it's hard to when he says he's the face that runs the place and he was on top so long it's hard for his character to not have the belt like they talk about people that don't that don't need the belt I feel like AJ needs the belt because his character for what it's worth is that I'm the man, I'm the best. And if you don't have the title, that's tough. It's CM Punk all over again. It was the same deal with yeah. CM Punk when he had the title. He was great. When he didn't, he just didn't seem, uh, you know, as big as what he was. And I, I love CM Punk, but, you know, his last year and a half 
before he left, maybe outside of the Brock Lesnar SummerSlam match, was not great. No, it wasn't. All right, so you think Randy, I think AJ, because I don't really think Randy has a person anymore. All right, so now maybe the most interesting match on the card, if you looked at six months ago, hell, if you looked at the Royal Rumble, <laughs> you would not have thought this would have been the match. We got Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston. I think we both agree on this one, that the build-up was well done. I thought maybe they teased Kofi a little bit too much, but then the payoff ended up being so good when you had uh, the New Day go through the gauntlet on behalf of Kofi. It ended up being really, really good for the payoff, and they really made the crowd and the universe work to see Kofi in this match. It was one of the best uh, build-up storylines in WWE that I can remember, maybe since Daniel Bryan's title run at WrestleMania 30. I love the way they flipped the narrative, and to have Daniel Bryan, of all people, calling Kofi a B-plus player when it was <laughs> Daniel Bryan be called you know, a B-plus player just you know, five, six years ago. It was like, I rarely say this, but it was brilliant by the writing staff. I'm with you that I got really nervous when Kofi kept losing or Vince kept taking it away. But then when they had that just awesome gauntlet match uh, and, you know, Biggie and Xavier, I think are a little underrated in the ring. Sometimes uh, both of those guys can really go. And it was, it was just a great setup. And I'm really excited for this match because Kofi deserves this win. And I think he should get it. And I hope he will, but they also have an opportunity to make Daniel Bryan one of the biggest heels, arguably in WWE in a long time. It's on that stage after this buildup, he wins, especially by cheating or doing something nefarious. Uh, I mean, can you just imagine the booze and stuff? He has been on like fire since he's been a heel. I love the fickle stuff. Uh, I never would have thought Daniel Bryan could have another heel run like this when I really loved his first heel run that led to the yes movement. And I, I'd argue this one's topping it. I do worry about Kofi hosting or, you know, getting that belt and holding it up for his WrestleMania moment. I think that's a little unfair to Kofi, uh, but I really hope Kofi wins. And I really hope this will finally break up the new day they are too talented to stay together as a group. Big E should be one of the, like the best guys on the roster. I would have Kofi win, have Big E get jealous, and then turn heel on him, and you got a really great SummerSlam matchup of Kofi versus Big E for the belt. See, this is another thing I hear from the group and the guys that like NXT. I've never seen the immense talent in Big E. I don't want to say he's a black Ryback. But uh, he's obviously got <laughs> a little more fair, talent man. than that. Come on, don't but do that. I'm just saying, man, I don't see what obviously Ryback was kind of sloppy, but I just and an idiot according to CM Punk, but I just don't see uh Big E being anything more than a mid card guy who eventually gets lost. I think the turn maybe has to happen at some point, or maybe Kofi loses or they cost him it, and Kofi does it. But this is such a long time coming. Uh, Kofi, for years, they, they finally pushed him one time when they had a few with Randy Orton, and he tore up the, uh, the yes, NASCAR thing. And Kofi was hot. And then in WWE fashion, they pushed him back down. They did it for years. And a new day organically caught on. This thing, Kofi wasn't supposed to be in, and that organically caught on. And I think that's the really? best of the WWE. When the fans just respond to somebody and they finally listen, and they push him, which has happened with Becky Lynch ultimately, and it happened with Kofi. I, but I guess uh, 
I, it would be interesting if Daniel Bryan actually just found a way to win, even if it was Big E. When you said that, I could picture Bryan with a crazy look on his face and just pinning him, and Big E turns on him. Uh, that would be interesting, too. It, yep. it wouldn't give Kofi a moment, but I don't know. Uh, I, I Just as somebody who's always been a fan of Kofi and have him, and he's been so underused, I like to see him. But let me ask you this. I think it would be cool if he came out to the New Day's music, and then like he gave him the he gave him the uh, Biggie gave him the oh uh, you know that thing he does, and then he came out to SOS. I just think oh, that would man. be a cool callback to what he had. And one of the, my favorite theme songs in the last decade. It's great. I, know, I like that song. I guess they would say that people don't remember. People remember it, you know. People, oh. if you're wrestling, there are a lot of new wrestling fans. I mean, basically, if you're a wrestling fan, you just tell your kid. You, you bring your kid up to like wrestling. So it's not like somebody is 17, 18, you say, hey, I just want to try to watch wrestling. It's something <laughs> you come up with, you know? It's not like, yep. so everybody knows, except for the, the, the seven-year-olds that are just starting, they know what he was. But anyway, I just thought that would be cool. Maybe I'll tweet No, that would be awesome. It's a, it, I mean, wrestling is nostalgia. So, I mean, that would get a huge pop uh, from especially a WrestleMania crowd. All right, so uh, this is how long this card is. I'm going down, and I almost got a little fatigue on there trying to go down the card. <laughs> it's a long, long card. All right, so then you got Reigns and McIntyre. I like McIntyre as a heel. Reigns comes back from leukemia. What have you thought of the build? It's been good. They, I, I hope they don't screw up McIntyre. They have really built him well. Uh, you know, I mean, most people have already forgot because of how insignificant he was at the end of his last run. But he was Vince's, you know, chosen one, not just behind the scenes, but literally on TV. And then they let him down. And he has been fantastic. This is uh, another one of those matches that it really hasn't got a huge build, but it's been a good one. And, I mean, Roman Reigns and McIntyre both can go in the ring. They tell good stories. And I'm really excited about this match. Uh, I am more of a Roman mark than most people. And I thought it's ironic, whatever you want to use the word. I don't want to be insensitive that most people have just came around to to Roman and is actually a really good wrestler uh, because he had, you know, got leukemia. When it's like, this dude was great. I, I don't understand when fans turn on wrestlers because they're being booked, you know, strong. When it's like, it's not the wrestler in most situations that's making that decision. Uh, but the problem so very, is, I'll push back on you. The problem yeah, is that when you overbook and overexpose someone, they aren't going with the flow and not responding to the fans. So if you're just pushing someone with a Superman push, no, no, uh, no pun intended, <laughs> like the crowd, you should be able to ride the wave like Kofi or Daniel Bryan or Becky. But when you push a person that is not uh, getting the reaction that they deserve that push, I think that's where you get the pushback. Or they just get tired yeah. of a guy like, you know. And that's fair, but I also think that the Roman deal was more on creative, not letting him be the person that got so popular when he's in the shield. Roman is at its best when he doesn't say a lot and he just whoops ass. And I mean, he's a big dude. And when they let him be this badass, people usually get behind him. What happens is when you have him saying sucker at suck and whatever the hell else he said during that, you know, first (laughs) real face push, 
I mean, of course it's going to become corny, but I don't, you know, blame the wrestler for that. And I've actually been very happy for him, obviously, not only that he is, you know, in remission and is doing well physically, you know, emotionally, all that stuff. But I am happy for him that the crowds got back behind him because I think you could really tell it meant a lot to him to have, you know, not only the crowd cheering for him when he made the announcement, but the week after and the week after. But the one thing I am worried about is I just hope there isn't some shenanigans where Roman Reigns ends up in the damn title match and ends up winning the belt at the end of this night because I would not put it past WWE with the way they, you know, book him and push him. And then next thing you know, you're right back to what you're talking about where all that goodwill and everything that they build up is gone. And whether that be at WrestleMania or the next pay-per-view, they need to keep him away from the belt. They need to let him be who he is and build him back up slowly and not push him or they're going to get the exact same reaction. And we both know this is the guy that they want to be the man. Yeah. I like, uh, I like, it's a shame to me that McIntyre won't win this match because they put so much energy into him over the last year. Uh, but I mean, how are you going to make the guy that's on good morning America talking about coming back from leukemia and on ESBA, and how you gonna make that guy job out at WrestleMania? I agree. I actually do think, though, there is a good chance they let McIntyre get the victory because I think that if Rollins did win the belt, McIntyre would be the guy to dethrone him and be the Hill champion. It seems that they've been building towards that. And again, I think it would build more sympathy for Roman and continue to get him in the good graces of the universe to have him lose on this big stage. Because if you think about it, he has had since the Brock Lesnar loss in the first WrestleMania match, big win after big win after big character after big character. He's lost the two matches to Lesnar, but beat Triple H in that time. And I think it would be a smart booking decision. And I also think what you're saying is, don't waste this build on McIntyre by just giving Reigns another win. Let McIntyre win. He can take on the winner of the Universal title match at the next pay-per-view. Yeah, but they, they will probably waste it. All right, so then we got <laughs> to what, what, what always seems to be the main event. Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania has been the main event for I don't know how many years, probably four or five. But you got Brock versus Rollins. You know, with I feel like they gotta have Brock on there after what the after Fast Lane. Brock should be on every single Raw. That should be in the contract. But I like what Rollins is doing, and it almost seems inevitable that Rollins is gonna go over and Brock's gonna pass the torch. But you know, and I know that Vince has screwed us over on that just a few times. I was just going to say, RC, don't get fooled, man. I, I really believe Brock's going to win this match because I have – I can't tell you how many pay-per-views, how many WrestleManias I've been like, this is when Lesnar passes the torch to the next big guy in the WWE, and what do they do? They let Lesnar win the match with a bunch of suplexes, an F5. He's smiling. Heyman has the shot look on his face, and then on Monday he's gloating. I do think there's a good chance also Lesnar wins this match because, boy, when you go through this, there sure is a lot of faces that you would think would win on this card. And I think you could have Lesnar win at Mania and then let Seth Rollins challenge him again on Monday night, beat him, and then hopefully we get rid of Brock Lesnar. I, I love Brock Lesnar. In the beginning, I was a huge fan 
from his first run and then when he came back, but he has gotten so boring. He has not been helped by the booking and the decisions. It's even gotten to the point where I'm not even big on Paul Heyman anymore because they're just both basically doing the same thing. It's, it's literally the same story over and over and over again. And we're now what four, five, six WrestleManias later since Brock Lesnar has been back. And it's the same thing. It would help if Brock mixed up his matches a little bit. I mean, talk about Co- – and I love Brock, and I love the big game atmosphere and legitimacy that he brings. But And I've held a long time. But even I'm tired of Brock Lesnar. <laughs> so you're going to get the you're going to get the suplexes, which on some levels is amazing sometimes. He's going to punch you a few times. Then he's going to do – he's going to take you to the corner and do the shoulders and, that, and drop the shoulder into your um, – into your stomach, and then there's going to be some outside-the-ring action. You might get an F5 into the table. Somebody might reverse it and do something else. It's like, why? Like, I, I, I don't understand. I guess the only thing he does do is sell and make it dramatic what he's about to lose because he did that with Joe. He did that with uh, with Daniel Bryan. He did that with AJ Styles. He does with the little guys. And I thought that was a good thing they brought up with Rollins. He's had trouble with the little guys and um and Finn Balor. Like he has really put over those smaller wrestlers and made it look like they had a chance. And then at the last second, he pulls it out. But it's getting really boring. Suplex City's cool or was, but you need more than three moves. And I'm not the big guy criticizing the moves, but at some point, it's really monotonous. And you know he can wrestle. That's what bothers me is he's had great matches even since he's returned. And like what you're saying, in the last few years, it's almost like he's saying, look, you're going to have an eight-minute match. I'm going to do these four moves. I'm going to get a fat check from Vince McMahon, and then I'll see you in three months on Raw. And I, I don't understand it. I don't know if it's WWE trying to keep these matches simplistic and, you know, the same over and over again, or it's Brock Lesnar just saying, you know, I'm your guy, and this is what I'm going to do, and that's it. But it's... I hope, hope that Seth Rollins wins, but I'm telling you, if I was a betting man, I, I would bet Brock Lesnar wins again at WrestleMania, uh, you know, on Sunday. I'm going to go with Seth. Yeah, I, I kind of did feel like Roman was going to win and Brock was supposed to be leaving and all that, but I kind of had that feeling they were going to screw him over. But I feel like the build, and they've been wanting Seth to hit this moment. I think everybody wanting him to hit this moment. And I guess it all depends maybe if Kofi wins or not, how many times. You want the heel exactly. to win, whatever, and have the happy moments. But ultimately, I do think our last match, the main event, the historic women's match, I think we will get the fairytale ending. I have loved Becky Lynch's run. I have loved how spontaneous this was. I never even gave her a second thought before what she did at SummerSlam. Well, I guess leading up to SummerSlam. But what she when she turned on uh, Charlotte at SummerSlam, never gave it a thought. But, man... For something that was on fire and guaranteed since November, they have really made this convoluted. Oh, they fucked it up. They really have. It's a shame <laughs> really because have. this should be one of the, not just the main event of this car, but one of the biggest main events ever. Because you have Becky Lynch, who is as hot as just about any wrestler not named Stone Cold and The Rock has been, or I guess Hogan, you could say, in the history of wrestling. You have Charlotte Flair, who I know a lot of people give her crap and say she's constantly, you know, booked 
She's the best woman's wrestler. She's amazing in the ring. She she consistently has great matches. And she's freaking huge. Like, she could whoop, I swear to God. Like, did you see that kick on the security guard Monday night? Yeah, it was awesome. She knocked his ass out. And Ronda Rousey, since she has turned heel, they finally figured out, hey, this woman who is kind of an ass in real life, should yeah. be a heel and not a smiling baby face. That segment on Monday night was fantastic. That was the one thing to me that saved this buildup was the fact that at first I thought it was kind of silly and ridiculous, but as it kept going and you have Ronda Rousey trying to drive the car while yeah, it got better and better. the two girls kicking each other in the back, the window being busted out, Charlotte Flair kneeing Ronda's head into the side of the door you can see the hate and this is what this match should have been all about because you've had the Charlotte and Becky don't like each other for now, like six, seven months, you know, Becky and Rhonda don't like each other. If you read their social media and Charlotte, people forget because the way wrestling is beat the hell out of Ronda Rousey and their one match to the point where she didn't even care about the victory. She just wanted to hurt her. Uh, this should have been a better build, but it still doesn't mean I'm not really excited about the match. And I swear to God, if Becky Lynch does not win this match, I will burn that fucking stadium to the ground myself <laughs> because she has earned this. Both the other girls have had big moments throughout their career. Becky hasn't. And it's so impressive when a wrestler gets over by themselves. And she did. She got over. They turned her heel expecting that to be a way to, I really do Charlotte and you know what I'm saying? Turn her face and get the crowd yeah. behind her. And it just didn't work. And it's turned into something awesome. And it just was the, it, in the way it works with Stone Cold in real life, he was just so frustrated with not being used properly with not getting the breaks that he thought he deserved. And he just took all that rage and put it into the character. And that's what she did. When she, the crowd erupted because of just the way she went after Charlotte after SummerSlam. And, oh, yeah, after the match at SummerSlam. And it was just an organic thing, and it grew and it grew. And in some ways, I feel like they've given her the platform, but they've slowed her down a little bit. You had that magical thing when SmackDown took over, uh, took over Raw when the women came in there. And that was like the apex of her push. But my problem with this whole match and the whole buildup is Charlotte shouldn't be there. I know Charlotte helped build the division. I know she's the most talented woman, but this is wrestling. Like, you got to just, that's just tough that she doesn't get to main event. Like, you don't earn that based on what you did in the past. In the last six months or whatever, Becky's got maybe more, eight months. Becky got super hot. You know you had the thing with Ronda. She was, that's why you brought Ronda in to do this. But the thing is, the heat, the 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 action is between the best chemistry is between Becky and Ronda from uh, November when they didn't get to fight each other, and that has just been the great moments that Becky is so in Ronda's head. That's the match. So I think, and then they've made it worse by making it convoluted with Becky losing the title shot and all that. Don't you think that they just put Charlotte in because they don't want Ronda to take the pin? I mean, is that basically what it is? Don't I mean at one point I think either someone A they promised her that next year is gonna be her and Rhonda. And that seems like an obvious main event. You got the biggest yep. female um MMA fighter ever 
basically the biggest female women's wrestler ever and the flair name. You get that. That could go on ESPN. That's going to be in the headlines already. So then that makes sense because she did end Oscar's streak, which I was shocked yeah. last year. And that would make sense because that that's was, what they were it setting was, it up. They wanted, you know? And there was a rumor about that last year. So that's what they wanted. And that would have been a great match. But they didn't expect Becky to come and do what she did. And she made Rousey the goal. And like one of the great moments of the year is when she won the Royal Rumble. She interrupts Ronda Rousey. And she's like, Ronnie. And even the way she nicknames, she said, Ronnie, I told you to find my way back to you. Like, that's just great. That's great. But then you add Charlotte to it, and it makes it convoluted. Oscar should have been pushed harder. Charlotte gets the rematch. And, you know, maybe you have another one. But I just don't think Charlotte belongs there. And I love Charlotte. Like, I'm not a hater. Charlotte is the best. But she's not the best character right now. So it's like you one actually, of those times with Hogan and Cena. When Hogan and Cena need to go down because somebody else got hot, that's how this situation is. You just changed my mind. I've actually been on board with the triple threat match, but I, you, that was really well said, and I completely agree with you. And it would have made sense, and I'd, I'd almost forgot about it, that Charlotte Oscar for the SmackDown title, Becky, Ronda for the Raw, and you could have literally had two women's main events and they've been pushing, you know, the women all year. And then you have basically the four best, biggest women, uh, you know, in the business wrestling for the two biggest titles. And, you know, I just hope that this match doesn't disappoint. And, I mean, they, they got the ace, you know, in the back pocket of as long as Becky wins, you know the place is going to go nuts. But I am a little worried because, as you know, we've talked about, Wrestling is best one-on-one. These triple threats yeah, and stuff are not it, – it, I mean, it's just like with Daniel Bryan's thing. I, in WrestleMania 30, I much more enjoyed the Daniel Bryan Triple H match than I did the title match at the end of the night. And it's because it's exactly what you were saying. That was a triple threat. It was convoluted. It was kind of sloppy. The Triple H-Daniel Bryan match was incredible. And Becky versus Ronda, like, I really think you would have gotten that stare-down moment like Rock Hogan or Roxena, where the crowd is just so ready to see these two women try to tear each other's face off. And instead, you're going to have three women standing in the ring, and it's just not the same. No, it's not. And I think the build-up for what the three women, they've been building this up almost since Survivor Series because Becky got hurt, which actually worked a little bit. Because uh, I think it might have been, if Becky hadn't got hurt, it still might have been Charlotte and Ronda. But at the same time, I think it's still a good match just because these women and Ronda too. I know a lot of people hate on Ronda, but she does take pride in she's her. She's great in the ring. ring. Like, people yeah, can hate on ring. her. She's very good in the ring. Yeah, she just can't talk. She's, she's just <laughs> she really can. bad. <laughs> it's really bad on the mic. It's just embarrassingly so, like, Oh, God, what was she doing the other day? I don't know. But at least this, she gets to take out her. It's so wrestling works when it's at this point, when there's something real about what the person is saying and her irritation with how she's been received and her failure to be embraced is real. Becky's uh, Becky's frustration and probably her dislike of Ronda Rousey is real. Charlotte probably is not that fond of her either. But Charlotte's kind of in there because she's Charlotte. But, yeah, so I think, obviously, the whole th- this whole year has been set up for the man, for Becky to win. So I can't imagine Becky Lynch 
not winning that match. But the way Vince has been screwing people over, what he did with Kofi and what he's done with uh, what he's done with Becky throughout this, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe they do a screw job, Stone Cold, The Rock, but that would really suck. It needs to be Becky going over. When you have this kind of year, I can't see you. This is like a Stone Cold Shawn Michaels thing. This is like Cena and JBL. It's just Becky's time to go over these people. I completely agree. I, I do worry, though, if Rhonda's sake, you know, there's been a lot of chatter that she's leaving for family, you know, start a family for whatever. She could use this as leverage because I think that yeah. they really don't like each other in real life. And Rhonda has the name and power to where she, you know, said, I'll resign, say, for another year or two years, yeah. but I win this match. And I'm terrified about that, but I just can't see as stupid as WWE can be at times, them getting booed out of the building. And that would be the bad happened. thing. It would not be a moment. They would boo, they would ruin that show if she executed winning. The next Raw would be very entertaining, though. And also, I think uh, you said this, and Vince probably feels differently, but after this match, this is what Ronda was all about. So after this, does Ronda even have much value? I think she just becomes another person. I agree. And I think that she – this is what they should have done, in my opinion, with Brock Lesnar. If she loses, let her go away, and then she can become an attraction that comes back for big matches here and there. But don't give the person the title, you know what I'm saying, for years. They could have used Brock Lesnar so much better, and I'm hoping they do this with Ronda to where she's always going to be Ronda Rousey. So if you have another woman, say, in a year, six months, two years, that is being built up, you have Ronda come back for a Mania or a SummerSlam match. But I, I just can't believe that she wants to you know, travel the road. I mean, this is a tough life, and she's made a ton of money in UFC. I'm sure she's made a ton of money in the last year with WWE. And I think this is it for her. I just hope, are you at all worried that they're going to screw this up with Becky Lynch? Not about the WrestleMania win, but I'll never forget after Daniel Bryan went at WrestleMania 30, it was one of the biggest WrestleMania moments ever. And the next thing you know, he's fighting Kane at the next pay-per-view. And you're like, what the (laughs) hell are you doing? This guy is like as hot as anybody's ever been. And you're going to fight Kane in 2013. It's not like, you know, 2001 Kane. This is like 45-year-old Kane, and I'm very worried by this buildup that Becky's going to win, and they're going to screw this thing up. She's going to lose momentum, and they're going to take one of the hottest storylines in a long time and just you know pour water all over it. I have a moderate amount of uh, faith that they know what they're doing with Becky. They haven't hurt her this whole time. And pretty much since the uh, the day they finally let Rousey go off and lose her patience is the only time they really have made Becky look weak during this whole buildup. And with Charlotte, they make they are very sure to go back and forth. Like most of their stuff, if Becky doesn't come out on top, they're just kind of sparring outside the ring. So they made Becky look strong. They gave her the rub with Cena for the most part. I actually think Becky's promos have kind of gone downhill a little bit. Like she's not they have not as sharp as she was, but They've done the right thing, so I believe in them. If Ronda's staying around, you give them the one-on-one act, and you give them a, like a little thing individually with each other, and I think you've got gold. I, I really do. I don't see how they can mess it up, but you know how Vince is. 
All right, Kevin, we made it through. We made it through. This is really good. This is one of the best I've ever done. I appreciate you I just hope on, I can man. make it through the event. Yeah, me too, because it's going to be a long one. I think I'm going to take breaks. Like, I can't. There's no way I can watch four hours of wrestling. Like, good God. I'm definitely going to take some breaks. I, I don't know. I might go to a store, join one of those uh, Fatal Four Rings or something. <laughs> I don't know. Popcorn, but popcorn thank, match. Exactly. Thank you, man. This has been fantastic. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. Anytime.